Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. I'd like to speak, speak for a few minutes on making good decisions. You know, there's a time in your life where you, 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 you become a certain age where you've been an adult more than you've been a kid. That's a scary, that's a scary moment that I'm, I've got way many years until I have to face that. I mean, Pastor Steve faced that just recently, turning 32 and uh, 47. Anyway, but making good decisions. Sometimes we can say, well, I made a bad decision because I was immature. I didn't have the, all the facts. I didn't have all the experience and this and that. But I believe that whatever age you are, wherever you are in life, making good decisions is a good thing. Come on, can I get a bit of that? And, you know, not all of us get it right all the time. And not, not all of our bad decisions are going to equal total devastation. And God is a great restorer. Thank Jesus for everything that he paid for us. But I, th- I believe that God has empowered us and equipped us to make good decisions for our lives, make good decisions for our church, make good decisions for our community. And I believe that Christians should be known as the wisest people. We're not necessarily the smartest, but we're the wisest people because we know how to make good, godly decisions in our lives. And I believe the greatest way to make a good decision is to know firstly who God is in your life. In Psalms 46 verse 10 it says, Be still and know that I am God. I find so many times we make decisions out of reaction. We make decisions out of what we know at that amount of time or out of instinct. But we've got to know who God is in our life and God is first in our life. Amen. And I've found that many times in our life, when you look back at a bad decision, there's usually been that issue where we just haven't been still. And knowing what God is doing. You see, sometimes when the turbulence is going on and you just want it to turn off, God is using those moments to do a deeper work. You know, sometimes you just want the problem to go away. You just want the pain to be removed. You want the challenge to be non-existent. But God is bigger than our challenge. God is bigger than our current circumstance. We live in the time that we have, but our God lives beyond time. And I know, I've learned one thing with God. He's not going to let something go if it's going to rob you of your future. I'd say, number one, church, never make a decision when you're hungry. Have you ever gone shopping, grocery shopping when you're hungry? You need like five trolleys. You go have a nice meal, you know, half a barbecue chicken and chips with a, I don't know, a pineapple. And go grocery shopping, you hardly fill the cart up. You see what decisions you make when you're hungry. Some people here tonight, you're spiritually hungry. You're emotionally hungry. You're, you're looking for, maybe you're bored. Maybe, maybe something hasn't gone wrong in your life. I'm going to tell you tonight, don't make a decision when you're living in a hungry state. Because you're going to take, you're going to eat the first thing that comes 
in front of you. I believe that God wants us to hunger and thirst after righteousness, spiritually, but I believe that he doesn't want us to live in a hunger where we're needy all the time. Because when you're living like needy, hungry, you're just grabbing the quick fix. You're grabbing whatever's in front of you. And let me tell you, our God is a God that's planned and measured. He doesn't just live day to day. He thinks generationally. And I believe, church, God wants us to be a people that are still and say, I will not hunger and thirst for anything but for the righteousness of God and the kingdom in my life. Never make a decision when you're hungry. I also found that in making good decisions, another thing that's not helpful is making a decision when you're angry. Who's ever made a decision when they're angry and it's turned out well? No, I don't think so. No, but you know, the Word of God says it's okay to be angry, but sin not. So sometimes we get angry and we're like, why am I angry? It's okay. Jesus experienced anger when people turned the, 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 the temple into a trading place and profiting off, off, off people and stuff for uh, using God's house instead of worship or using it as a uh, place of trade. Jesus got angry and he smashed the whole place up. How cool is that? You know, we always have this thought about Jesus and he's like got a peace sign. But Jesus, he was full on. He'd go and have arguments with, you know, all types of people in synagogues and on the streets. He'd call people out. He'd tell his disciples, get Satan, get behind me. Jesus got, had a lot of confrontational moments. But I tell you what, he, he never sinned. And because Jesus didn't sin when he was angry and feeling that emotion, guess what? We get to partake in the victory that he had. Church, let's not make decisions. When we're angry, but let's be still and know, we, know who God is. Sometimes your spirit gets stirred up. It's like, it's like water. You know, it can, get, it can get stirred up on the inside of us. And I find that if anything has stirred me up, if I make a decision out of that, it's usually not going to be good. But when we be still, when we allow the emotion, when we allow that moment to pass, we have a different perspective. I suppose what we want to do is, we want to step back and look through, not maybe the, the lens of the situation, but look through the lens of God at what's happening. When we make decisions, I think how many people have walked out on relationships? How many people have walked out on, on families? How many people have walked out on, on jobs, futures, uh, courses, degrees, whatever it is, because they got angry? You know, practically speaking, I believe that, that if we just, when we accept those moments, say, hey, you're angry. And just accept that moment and say, I will not make a decision whilst I'm not being still. We will make sure, I believe we'll make better decisions, we'll make godly decisions. Maybe before we make any decision, we say, God, speak to me about where I'm at. God, speak to me where my heart's at. Am I acting out of, out of character? Am I acting out of malice? Am I acting out of reaction, out of an angry spirit? And I want to tell you tonight that you can live beyond that emotion. You can live beyond that person. But you have to be willing to confront that and own that in your own life. Are you able to tell when you are hungry for something? Are you able to tell when you're acting out of anger? 
I believe that the Holy Spirit can bring peace to an angry soul. I just think anger rips so many people's lives off. You know, anger can drive you away from everything that you actually want and desire. Anger in you repulses the things that you desire, the positive things you want in life. If you, if you have an angry spirit in your relationship and you desire closeness, people won't come close to you because you're reactive. Just nudge the person beside you if you want to tell them something right now. Maybe we get angry because we feel self-entitled to something. I've learned that if we give God all the glory and we make ourselves still and we know who God is, we realize we're not entitled to anything, but we are uh, reciprocants of the grace of God. God doesn't owe me anything. Are you hearing me? God doesn't owe me anything. I allow God to do what he's planned to do. And what I find is when life is throwing me in a direction that I don't think's right, that's not what lining up with where I'm at, I, I, after I fight it out, God's going to move you where he needs to move you anyway. I get to the end of that, that cycle and I find God has opened a whole new door, a whole new opportunity for me. He's op- exposed me to something greater than I would have ever allowed myself so let me tell you right now, if life isn't going completely the way you want it right now, let me, let me tell you that God is bigger, that God is working something through that. And you say, no, Luke, you don't understand these horrible things that have gone my life. God will use that if you give it to him. But until you give it over to him, that thing's going to haunt at you. That's going to continue to rub against you. It's going to keep ripping you off. One thing that I don't understand about us humans that we allow a past situation hurt to rob us of future blessings. I tell you what, we need to be done with being angry. We need to be done with that. Let's not enjoy that feeling in our life. Let's give it to God and say, let the Prince of Peace have his way. In Jesus' name. Making good decisions. When we're making decisions, we don't make them out of hunger. We don't make them out of anger. And we certainly don't make them when we're feeling lonely. Maybe tonight you're feeling lonely in your marriage. And you're making secret plans. Let me tell you, it's not a smart move. Loneliness is a liar. Loneliness is a liar. You can be in this room tonight full of hundreds of people that all have the same mind, loving Jesus, want the best for you, and you could be sitting here right now saying, I feel so alone. I feel so alone. I find that the feeling of loneliness is always a liar because I, I always, if I ever feel lonely, it's usually in a crowd. I never really feel lonely when I'm by myself, but that, that might be just me. But when we feel lonely, we've got to know that We have a God that loves us. We have a personal saviour, a personal relationship. We don't have a God that is is far away from us. We have a God that is with us. Jesus said he sent the Holy Spirit. We have the Spirit of God in us. So ultimately, we're never, ever alone. Are you hearing me, church? That sense of loneliness is a lie from the pit of hell. And tonight I'm speaking right into the heart of people's situations. You're not lonely. 
stop telling yourself you're so alone. You, you, when you tell yourself that, it says as you think in your heart, that will be you. That's what the Word of God says. So if you're telling yourself you're lonely, guess what? You're going to alienate yourself and you'll start to become alone. The, the, the devil goes around like a roaring lion looking for those who he may devour. I want to tell you tonight, never choose to make yourself alone. You know, sometimes we can walk into a room and maybe someone doesn't say hello to us that normally says hello to us. And we get a reaction, we feel rejected. And it sends off all these triggers inside of us and this loneliness beacon starts to go off and we start to tell ourselves all these stories about how we're not wanted and how this and how that. Let me tell you, it's a lie from the enemy. Come on, we have a loving saviour. We have a God that longs for us. Think about the prodigal son, that father that was looking out on the horizon for his son, waiting for him every day, looking out for him to come home. We have a God that's compelling and has a great mind towards us. He has an ear towards us. He has a heart towards us. We know so much. Maybe you're a new Christian tonight, but or maybe you've been a Christian for a hundred years. The reality is we've got to keep reminding ourselves, for God so loved us that he sent his son, you're not alone. You need to tell that to yourself tonight. Whenever these things are coming up in your life, you've got to understand they're robbing you of fellowship. You know, we're, we're, we are social beings. We are made for fellowship. We are made to be together. And I want you to, to understand that loneliness sometimes comes from real-life situations, but loneliness sometimes comes out of insecurity. Loneliness can, can come just out of pure reaction. And I want you tonight just to say, I refuse to accept that into my life. I refuse to make decisions out of that feeling. You know, if, if, if every time I felt lonely I made a decision, my life would be very small. You know, sometimes we get social anxiety, walk into a room and there's, there's so much going on and we, 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 we freak out and we shut down. Let me tell you, that's not who you're called to be. You're called to be brave. You're called to be bold. You're called to be, come on, you're called to be awesome because of who Jesus is in your life. Be still. I'm going to keep coming back. Be still and know that I'm God. It goes on to say, I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with with us. The Lord God of Jacob, he is our refuge. He is with us. Can I speak to something else tonight? Is that okay? Don't make a decision when you're hungry. Don't make it when you're angry. Don't make it when you're lonely. And most certainly, don't make a decision when you're tired. For pastors, I've been a, a pastor now for uh, almost 20 years. I know I only look 20 years old, but it's the, it's the, I don't know, it's just the anointing. I don't know. Anyway, I know, I know, I know. It's okay. I've learned don't make decisions on Sunday afternoons and Monday mornings. Because that's usually when pastors have their roughest moments. It's, it's interesting, like, this church here in, in Liverpool is well established and yeah, 35 years of just kicking goal after goal after goal. But the reality is, week in, week out, it doesn't always feel like that. 
Sometimes you, you suffer great loss. Sometimes you suffer... You, you, want to, you, you become so involved in wanting to see someone win and they, and they give up. It affects you. And I just know... I think the first time I quit ministry was six weeks after I became youth pastor. Wrote a letter out to my dad. Dear Pastor John... You know, it, was a, it was a Monday. I've loved serving you for these six weeks. I've, I've learned so much. I honour your leadership and blah, 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 and I resign. Wrote it and put it on his desk. And I think I put it on there on a Monday, which, is, which he wasn't in. Came on Tuesday and uh, he said, oh, Luke, I need to talk. Just say, yeah, okay, what, what are you talking talk about? And, and all he did was got that letter and he, and he scrumpled it up and he threw it at me. And he goes, you're bigger than that. I said, oh. So I'm not allowed to quit. Well, I'm very tired and worn out from this six weeks of youth ministry. You know, I just, I was done. So then I think after that, it was about 12 weeks till the resignation came. And it's very tired and worn out. Needed a sabbatical. Needed to... I don't know, go back to Bible college and be trained again. I did, I just, it was just so hard. and I think after that it became three months. And then it was you know, six months to quit. And then a year. It became, it's, it's about a yearly thing at the moment. It's a, it's a yearly event. And, uh, but now it's not written on paper. It's usually emailed and just not responded to. <laughs> you know, but when you get tired and you want to quit, and I thank God that I have a, a, a strong leader and a strong father that says, no, you're not quitting. You're not giving up. But you know what? That's your pastor. That's your, you know, are you hearing me? Don't give up. Don't, don't resign. Don't quit when you're tired. What, what, where, where are you going to go anyway? That's what I always say to myself. That's it. I'm too, too tired. I just, oh, well, let's keep going. That's where I've got to now because I know that tired... The tired Luke is a terrible decision maker. And I've learned to bring healthy, strong people around me that when I'm feeling tired and when I'm feeling vulnerable, I don't have to give them all the details. I don't have to give them all the facts. I just say, hey, I'm not doing too well at the moment. I'm a bit tired. And they'll just lean in a bit and say, okay, just don't make any big decisions right now. And I think of some big decisions that I would have made had I not allowed a group of people around me to speak into my life. The Word, the word of God tells us in Proverbs that, that we had to fill our lives up with good advisors. Good advisors. When you're feeling tired and you're feeling alone or you're feeling not so well, what do you do? Do you make decisions or do you just accept the moment? Because the reality is Jesus got tired. After Jesus dealt with the multitudes, he'd, he'd always retire away. He'd go up to the mountain. He'd go and spend time alone. He'd, it doesn't tell us exactly in Scripture what he'd do, but we know that he'd go and pray and spend time connecting with God. And I think if Jesus got tired, it's okay if I get tired too. I think one problem that people have is that they lie to themselves when they get tired. And we get into this doing mode where we're, we're overtired and we start pushing and pushing. And you know what we're trying to do again? We're trying to be God. We're trying to do God's work for Him. And I believe that the best way to get tired, the easiest way to get tired, is to live in comparison. 
Look at what your neighbour's doing. Look at what this person's doing and keep comparing your life to them. The Word of God tells us to run our race. Are you hearing me? There's a, there's a task that God has given you to do, that, and it, there is a burden in that. But I tell you what, you can't carry what someone else is called to carry. Has anyone watched um, any of the Marvel movies? Yeah? I love this scene where I, I like Thor because he's an Aussie, all right? So we always support our Aussie actors. And all the Avengers are together. Some people are going to get this. Some people are like, what's this guy talking about? But Thor has this hammer, all right? And he picks it up and just nothing. But no one else, all the other superheroes try to pick up Thor's hammer and they can't move it. And I think life's a bit like that. There's just certain things that we can carry and there's certain things we just can't. And you can lift and you can strive away. I think we've just got to be okay to know that we're not God. We've got to be okay that we don't have all the answers and that we may need others in our world to move forward. There's certain things that God has gifted you to carry. You're carrying them so easy and you don't, and you don't realize what you're carrying because it's so easy for you because it's a gift. But you'd be surprised at the people around you that just are so wowed at what you do, but you don't rate in yourself. And you're just so wanting to be them. You know how that starts to happen. And everyone wants to be each other. And no one lives the life they're called to live. Comparison will make you tired. I believe that if we know who God is, and we still ourselves and know that He's doing a bigger work, that we'll learn to take responsibility for where we're responsible for and we won't worry about the things that are God's control. Sometimes we stress out and we worry and we fret about things we really should be praying about. Giving it over to God. Lifting up His name over the situation. I believe I believe it's our responsibility to hustle but it's God's responsibility for what the results are. I've found to, to make good decisions in your life, find, know what you're good at, and then just keep making decisions that keep you in your sweet spot. Keep making decisions to do repeatable good in your life. Repeatable good will make you have a great life. Our life is never made up of just one great moment, but I believe a sustainable good equals a great life good plus a good plus a good plus a good you see the word of God talks a lot about steps the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord you know we talk about taking a step of faith as such I think some people think that your life goes from zero to a hundred like that but the reality is God's just asking us every day to make another good decision take another good step take another good step and as the years go on and the days go by and the hours go by and the decades go by, you take another good step. Are you hearing me? And then one of those moments will happen, that a great destiny moment. The graduation will happen or the deal will get made or the, the, whatever will happen. But you know what? Just for you, you just took another step. Others may be blown away and totally like, well, how did you do that? And you're like, well, I've made a lot of good decisions made a lot of 
backward little steps. I didn't try to be what I'm not. I didn't try to go beyond where my next step is. But I find sometimes when we're not willing to recognize where we're at, we don't, we're not willing to take the next step because it may, our ego may say it's too insignificant. Maybe we don't have hope. Maybe we don't believe in what our future's called. But I'll tell you now, God is calling you to make steps in the right direction. Maybe you're not so healthy in your emotions right now, but you can make decisions tonight that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop allowing negativity in my life and I'm going to make a step in the right direction. Maybe in your health, you're not, you're not so healthy, but you're not helping yourself with inaction. Take a step. Make a decision tonight. I'm not going to indulge in that lifestyle anymore. Maybe there's some, there's some sin going on in your life and you just you feel so entrapped by it. Just make a, one step towards the next one. Make good decisions. Good decisions, I believe, are made in small increments. Bad decisions are usually made in real big steps. Church, let's be still and know who God is. The Word of God, Jesus says in the Beatitudes, He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you're feeling unsettled in life, I want to tell you tonight, the answer is found in God. Come on, the answer is found in God. The answer is found in Jesus. Sometimes we're, we're, we're knocking on multiple doors when we should only be opening our door to God. There's a big difference there. I find that when we allow God into that situation and we allow the stillness to, to calm the waters of our soul, then it becomes clearer what decision we need to make and what we need to do. I want to challenge you tonight. Tonight, some people are like, man, I'm always angry and I'm always lonely and I'm always tired and I'm always at this. I never make a good decision. Oh, well, don't, don't make any decisions at the moment if you're feeling like that. Come on. Still your life. Center it in God. Center it in Christ. When you're making your decisions, say, does this take me further in my destiny with God? Or does this take me away? Does this step take me closer to Jesus? Does it make me more like Him? Because that's what we're called to do, isn't it? We're saved and then we're to become disciples, which are people that are reflectors of Christ, examples of Christ. Make decisions. What would, you know, uh, have you seen those bands, WWJD? They were really cool when I was a youth pastor in the 90s. I don't know if they're still. But the most stolen item in Christian bookstores were WWJD merchandise. What would Jesus do? The most stolen item in Christian bookstores. What would Jesus do? He wouldn't steal. Are you hearing me? It's like crazy. What would Jesus do? If we make our decisions, this is my take-home thing if you're waiting for it. We've got to make our decisions out of what would Jesus do. We look to the Gospels. What would Jesus do? Jesus would turn to the Father. What would Jesus do? Jesus would show grace and mercy. 
What would Jesus do? Jesus would bring people into the fold, even, knew, even though he knew that one would betray him. Come on. What would Jesus do? He would have fellowship. What would Jesus do? He'd love people, love God. Come on. What would Jesus do? That's how we make great decisions. And once we get the heart of Jesus on an issue, you can't go wrong. It might not be easy, but you won't go wrong. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.